0: Glad to uh, to be preaching to you today. Uh, how many of you are excited for the word of God? Uh, I'm uh, I'm privileged and I'm uh, thankful for allow- for the leadership team for allowing me to uh, share the word of God to you. And uh, you know, I actually have. Usually, I also I have a uh, spill or I have an item here in my introduction, in my in my script. But uh, for today, I don't have, I forgot to type it, so I don't know what to say before uh, to, to you, to every one of you. But anyway, um, as a recap, uh, as a local church, you know, we had our uh, four nights of uh, prayer and fasting and meeting in uh, Jufair, so uh, can we show that those pictures is it work is this working yeah all right thank you so yeah so uh we uh we met uh for four four days we prayed for the nations we prayed for Bahrain we prayed for uh the church and also the campus and i think later on we're going to be having our uh Prayer and worship night, so we will be continuing our day five. Okay, so we will be praying for our personal breakthroughs. So, if you have uh, any, anything to pray for or anything that you want us to, to pray for you, please come and please come with us, and we will be worshiping together. Um, during the this nights, you know, I'm blessed to uh, hear stories. Of uh, breakthrough stories of them of our members, our leaders, responding to the uh, to the holiness of God. Uh, this is their response. And most of them, they said, "You know what? Uh, th- because God is holy, I'm gonna make, uh, I'm gonna do a change in my life. I'm gonna repent. You know, I'm gonna uh, take action." based on the Word of God. And I know, and uh, we've, we've, uh, I've shared this last week, that our priority is actually to honor God because He is holy. That's going to be our priority. How many of you agree? Our priority is no other than to honor God because He is holy. And, you know, it's about time that we take God and and His holiness seriously. I think you didn't hear me. No, it's about time that we take God and His word and His holiness and our holiness seriously. God's holiness and ours, no? They are not to be taken for granted. They are not to be taken for granted because it has an eternal impact, not only for us, both for us, but also for also to also to the people around us. So uh, today we will be talking about the uh, about still holiness, but later on we'll be I'll be sharing to you more about God's holiness. But how many of you are uh, familiar with Manamasuk? By the way, so this is uh, our objective. So our series is, uh, our theme for this year is Set Apart. And our series also is Set Apart. So we will be talking about God's holiness and our holiness and our pursuit of holiness. And uh, at the end of this series, our prayer is that we will have a more... Thoroughly biblical view of holiness that glorifies God, transforms the heart, and increases missional passion. So, because we, all, we have some misunderstanding of what holiness is. We think that maybe holiness is just, you know, going to church or it's just a certain uh, lifestyle a certain, uh, hairstyle, uh, or dress code. Or a language? No, it's not. It's a lifestyle. It's actually a calling. We always say that holiness is being set apart for a purpose. It's uh, being set apart means to be set apart for a specific relationship and a specific service. All right, that's being set apart, and uh, it's just like you know, having a uh, having a set of clothes. On your closet, you don't use your basketball jersey when you go to to work. You use whatever your company is asking you or requesting you or is requiring you to to dress because that's for that uh, specific purpose, for work. All right, anyway, I'm sure many of you have been to Manamasuk, right? How many of you have been to Manamasuk? and for others no you're you're a tourist here <laughs> all right how many of you have been to manama Sukh? are you familiar with manama manama Sook? yeah so just imagine all right imagine you're work, you're walking through this uh, pathway no? you're through uh, manama souk so you will see colorful uh, stalls uh, they they overflow with exotic goods uh Intricately woven fabrics, gold jewelries, yeah, no? gold carpets no, that do not fly, <laughs> and traditional Bahraini items. And then suddenly, you know, a merchant, Baya, our friend, catches your eye, okay? And then he gestures. He gestures towards a magnificent, you know, Shiny, shimmering, splendid uh, <laughs> object, unlike anything you have ever seen. Uh, just imagine that. So, uh, it pulses with an alluring energy, and then uh, it promises an, an immense knowledge, power, pleasure, or and and uh, and happiness. But there's a catch. Okay, here's the catch you must give up something that is precious in return. That's the hatch. For you to have that, you must trade up something precious to you. Now, today we will look at a very familiar story of a couple, okay, of a couple who had everything but ended up losing it, okay? If you, I'm sure you, you know this uh, story. So if you have your Bibles with you, I would like to ask everyone to please stand. You'll be reading in Genesis chapter 3, verse 1 to 8. You know this story, right? Genesis chapter 3, verse 1. Just follow along. And she also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate. This is not apple, thank goodness, okay? Some of you beat the apple already, no? Sinful. Okay. (laughs) Then the eyes of both were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loincloths. Verse 8. And they heard the sound of the Lord, Lord God walking in the garden of the cool of the day. In the cool of the day, and the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Let's pray, Lord, we uh, we recognize our weakness. We ask, Lord God, that um, you expose, Lord God, the sins in our lives that hinder us in following you wholeheartedly. Lord, we we ask, Lord God, that you draw us to your throne so we can receive forgiveness even as we study your word today. Lord, remind us that the true joy and life can only be found in you, in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. All right, so the title of this message is Holiness Lost. Right, Holiness Lost. And uh, last week, we talked about what God's holiness is all about, right? We, uh, there are two aspects in God's holiness. First is since he is the creator, he is majesty or the, the, the aspect of his holiness is we can call it majesty holiness. Uh, he's majestic in holiness. We're going to see that today. Uh, and the other one or the the second aspect of his holiness is his absolute Uniqueness, or his absolute goodness, and his or his purity—that means he cannot be influenced by evil or sin. Or he can—he cannot also, because he's God and he's holy, he cannot influence others to sin. That's his moral uh, purity. That's his absolute moral purity. That's why he is unique. He is other. That, uh, whenever we say holiness, we're talking about God's otherness. All right? Otherness. He is in a different level. Or he is in a uh, class of his own. He is, on his, he is in a different league. Okay? He is different from us. We are his creation. Right? He is our creator. So today, we will be looking at these two in detail. Last week, we, we just looked at the uh, uniqueness, right? The majesty, holiness. But today, we'll look at those two in detail. All right? So um, let's go back to the word. Genesis. So it says there, you know, uh, in Genesis chapter 1, God created everything out of nothing, right? He created just by speaking the word. Let there be light, and then there was light. He created the skies. He separated the waters from the water above, right? And the water below. He separated them from the dry land. He then created all plants. Now, you, you know the, the wisdom of God. He separated, he just organized it first, and then he filled all of it. He created all plants and animals, and that are already fully grown. So when you ask me, if you ask me, which came first, chicken or egg? Chicken. Chicken. They're all fully grown. He, uh, he designed the earth in such a way that it's uh, self-sustaining, right? Meaning the plants and the trees and the animals, they reproduce according to their kind. Unlimitedly. unlimited. One of the many fascinating wonders of creation is its diversity. You notice the diversity. The variety is so vast, Now, it will take us years to appreciate them all. For example, light is made up of infinite number of different colors. Uh, from violet at one end of the spectrum to red at the other. That's the spectrum. Most of uh, most people can only see seven distinct colors, right? Some of us we don't know what red is, <laughs> or who red is. <laughs> we cannot dis- uh, distinguish what green is from brown, uh, but most of the people we can see seven. Di- uh, we can only see seven distinct colors. Uh? Now, there are approximately 100 billion, okay, 100 billion galaxies in the observable universe. Now, each of these galaxies, these 100 billion galaxies, they have an average of 100 billion stars in it. That means there are around 100, 1 billion trillion stars, at least, okay? Try counting them tonight. (laughs) Now, there are also approximately thirty-three thousand six hundred species of fish that have been identified. Okay, just those that are only identified. Okay, thirty-three thousand six hundred. These different species live in diverse uh, aquatic environments, such as rocky shores, kelp forests, deep sea waters. Rivers, streams and ponds, and of course, the bees who will forget the bees? There are 25,000 species of the bees of bees in the world, 25,000. Most people know only three., only three. Honeybee, bumblebee, and jolly bee. <laughs> All right. Not only they can produce food for us. <laughs> Right? But they can also serve as pollinators. Yeah. So God's creation does not only boast in numbers or the numbers of species, but also in the diversity of its characteristics. All right? For example, in form or in size, shape or color. Now studies have shown that uh, humpback whales, they create specific melodies. It's no? like music team. Which then spread across the ocean in cultural waves. Yeah. To, repeat, uh, to be repeated by other whales. So that, that's what they do. So the songs that they sing occasionally contain snippets. right? Snippets or verses. You can call them verses of the previous song. And then sometimes the songs were completely unique. Wow right god created those humpback whales the goats no goats goats develop accents <laughs> accents depending on their surroundings okay their vocals change as they grow older and tend to mimic the accents of other goats now if there are some goats in batangas (Laughter All okay. right Tulips, on the other hand, they are, av- uh, they are available in nearly every color of the rainbow. Now, with some varieties, having petals in multiple tones of colors in a, or, or tones or colors in a single bloom. Wow, right? You'll find tulips in deep shades like maroon, black and purple, as well as tulips in pure white cream and the palest yellow, okay? So, God created all of this before he formed man. God created all of this before man, man being the crown glory of his creation. The, uh, he's the only creature that he created in his own image with his own hands, right? and the only creature that is relational in nature and has the will and the capacity to make rational decisions and to take care of them and enjoy them. Right? So man is extra special. Would you believe that? Do you agree? Man is extra special. God has set apart man from all other creations in that man is to enjoy diba, a unique relationship with God and also to have dominion over all this creation and cultivate it or take care of it. So he, God has set apart man for this specific purpose, to have a relationship with him and to have a, you know, a uh, relationship with with, uh, with the creation, to enjoy the creation. And also, his purpose is to take care of the creation, of, his, of God's creation. So, in other words, you know, God blessed man so much. God blessed man so much that we can say man had everything. He had everything. And we can say that this is the hashtag blessed life. Right? Blessed life. Now what happened? All right? Now what happened? If you look around, no, things aren't the same as before. Plants and animals get sick and die. Stars, they explode and die. And they turn into black holes unless you are the star for all seasons. We have that in our, uh, in Philippine uh, show business. We call it star for all season. yeah. People get sick. They, we suffer or we get into conflict. We find it very difficult to enjoy life. So what happened? What went wrong? So we read that in our, uh, in our read, uh, scripture today. So let's go back. Genesis chapter 3, verse uh, 1 to 8. Let me read that. Now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, did God actually say, you shall not eat of any tree in the garden? Of all the creature, (laughs) apart from Adam and Eve, the serpent was the one speaking. (laughs) Right? It's weird. And he said, Did God actually say? Hmm? Did God actually say? Now, this is Satan's first of his one-two punch, all right? One-two punch combination. He uh, He planted a seed of doubt on Eve, leading Eve to doubt the validity of God's word. This is what he did. So, it's like saying, are you sure God said that? Are you sure God said that? Are you sure it's written in the Bible? Did God actually say He's going to bless you when you don't give your tithes? Did God actually say fellowshipping with other believers will make you grow spiritually? Did God actually say sex outside marriage is sin? Did God actually say he is in control? You've been hearing that for so many times now, right? You know, right? Did God actually say obeying his commands will make you enjoy your relationship with him? Hmm? Isn't it obeying his commands to kill joy? Isn't God asking too much from you? (laughs) Right? You know, sadly, for most people... Even Christians,, no? they easily fall for that bait. We easily fall for that way. We just uh, lower our guards and they say, "Yeah, yeah, maybe." No I'm not sure. probably. You know, they know God's word, man. I mean, if they know God's word, but they also have other things in their mind. Now we have other things in our mind, not just the word of God, but also our opinion.. Uh, What's worse is that people lower their guards, you know, quickly because they don't know the word of God to start with. How's your Bible reading? Because when you hear these doubtful uh, words from the enemy, you wouldn't know if that's him if you don't know God's word. Now, instead of reading God's word, we do other things unproductive. It's endless sclo- scrolling Instagram, Facebook uh, videos, binge watching Netflix, Korean novella. Sorry, huh? <laughs> Senseless shopping. Uh, you're laughing because you're doing it, right? <laughs> yes. Add to heart. <laughs> Add to heart, yes. So we tend to spend more time on things that entertain our eyes rather on the one thing that can change our hearts, the word of God, reading the word of God. So question is whose voice are you listening to? Is it God or is it the enemies? Now at this point, the woman should have realized that of all the creatures in the garden, it is her and Adam who had the abilities to speak and relate to one another, should have, she should have just kicked the serpent. No? No. Who are you? <laughs> Who are you? But instead, instead of, you know, instead of taking a stand and just, uh, you know, instead of taking a stand, Eve entertained the thought of uh, and recklessly responded. So this is what her response was. Verse 2. And the woman said to the serpent... We may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden, but God said, you shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the middle of the garden, neither shall you touch it. Neither shall you touch it, lest you die. Neither shall you touch it. Did you notice? Neither shall you touch it. I mean, this is probably, you know, if you look at it, this is a good precaution. This can be a good uh, as, a precaution, as a precaution, right? However, this is unnecessary because God already said that. You don't have to add to God's word already. You don't have to add God's word. God's word is enough. The command is really simple and straightforward. Here's what it looks like, okay? Or if I'm going to say uh, it's this is the Gene Austin Rodriguez International Translation, okay? This is how it means. Can we look at the, uh, the other uh, slide? It means, it's like saying, you know, Adam and Eve, you can have apricots, okay? No, but, but first, let's read, uh, let's read Genesis chapter 2, verse 16, okay? It says here, and the Lord God commanded the man, you may surely eat of every tree of the garden, right? But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. Okay? For in the day that you eat of it you shall die. So this is literal. I mean, this is what it means by that. You can have apricots, you can have almonds, right? You can have avocados, peaches, pomegranate, You can have the papayas, coconut, lychee, you can have buko pandan, grapes, you can have the grapes, grapefruit, you can eat guava, rambutan, sugar apple, you can have that, sour cherry, lemon, pecan, chestnuts, pomelo. Orange, red apples, green apples. Perp- May purple apples ba? Bananas, lanzones, blueberries, strawberries, blackberries, mulberries, raspberries. You can have that. You can have the dates. You can have dragon fruit, fig, kiwi, jackfruit, green mango, Indian mango. Slani mango, Philippine mango, <laughs> pineapple, tomato, which is which you used for I don't vegetable <laughs> vegetable salads like fruit. You can have tangerine, tamarind, passion fruit, peach mango pie. <laughs> peach mango pie. Watermelon or even the durian, you can have the durian as well. That's what God was telling Adam and Eve. Or you can also have a fruit salad combination number one. Fruit salad combination number two, number three, number four, number five, and so on. Just don't eat what? That one fruit from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. You can have all of that. Just one Just one. So what does that mean? There are, you know, there are infinite number of blessings within the boundaries of God's will and command. Infinite number of blessings. Do you notice that? Verse 4. But the serpent... Said to the woman, you will not surely die. Yeah? For God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, oh, let's, let's just pause in verse 5. You know, so the conversation is not yet over. No, The serpent still has a deception planned. So the strategy, uh, you, you notice the strategy of uh, the devil? It's still the same as today, right? He will first make you question God's word. And then he will minimize the cost of disobedience. After all, everyone is doing it. Why can't you? <laughs> right? Everyone is doing it. It's fine. And then he will paint a false reality of freedom apart from God. You know, money can buy you happiness. But it can surely make, you know, you can make it famous. You can also make it famous, especially when you post it on Facebook. Pride. Huh? Hashtag blessule. Verse 6. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was a delight to the eyes, And that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. And she also gave some to her husband, who was with her, and he ate. All those fruits, all those commandments, God. You know, the story turns from bad to worse. Right? You notice that? From bad to worse. Eve, Eve now considers what she knew was once was restricted. She now considers it, oh, okay, maybe. Let's try it just once, huh? Notice the words that were used to describe the tree, good, delightful, desirable, good for food, delight to the eyes. And to be desired to make one wise. First John says, you know, it's the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. The serpent offered this to Eve, shining shimmering. Shining, shimmering. God had given them everything. You know, you know, man knew what was good already. They know. He was created in God's goodness. You remember in Genesis chapter 1, what did God say? And he saw that it was what? Good. They were good. They know what good is. God had given them everything they need plus the authority over the creation. Adam and Eve had everything they needed for a fulfilling life. They do not need to know what evil is. They do not need to know what evil is. It should have been enough that God had warned Adam against disobedience. You know, their sin was not in attaining knowledge, knowing. Their sin was in rejecting God or his will in favor of their own. That's what what happens whenever we sin. We're favoring our own over God's will. Adam was already aware that, that in doing so it was wrong. It's wrong. And he knew the consequences. He knew the consequences. And yet he chose to join Eve in eating the fruit. Wow. Really? You know, if I if you if you're going to tell this to our Bahraini friends, they will say, lesh. Lesh! Lesh, why? Why? You know, clearly, Adam and Eve, they were not coerced. They were not forced by the devil. Do you notice? Is it forceful? No. They were not forced to eat the fruit. They were deceived. They allowed themselves, you know, they allowed themselves to fall into the devil's trap. And it was their own decision. Okay? It was their own decision. And whether you like it or not, they ate the fruit intentionally. It was intentional. Adam's, Adam and Eve's sin was intentional. They were not, uh, what do you call this, innocent. It was a, not an innocent mistake. They were presented by everything God presented them everything and still they chose to do the to do likewise, to, to do the other other thing. No? It was a severe act of defiance against God. R. C. Sproul in his book, The Holiness of God. I really like this book. You should read this. He wrote, Sin is cosmic treason. Sin is treason against a perfectly pure sovereign. It is an act of supreme ingratitude toward the one to whom we owe everything, to the one who has given us life itself. He said, the slightest sin is an act of defiance against cosmic authority. It is a revolutionary act, right? It's a revolutionary act, a rebellious act in which we are setting ourselves in opposition to the one to whom we owe everything, okay? A futile attempt to dethrone God in his sovereign authority. Sin is an insult to God's holiness. Sin is an insult to God's holiness. It's like you're uh, shaking your fist against God and, you know... uh, uh, you're you're saying no. We will. I will not have any king over me. That's sin. Another uh, pastor said. Todd Frill said. Because God's nature is holy, holy, holy. He sees every sin as wicked, wicked, wicked. That's right. It's an act of defiance. Whenever we say no, Lord, we're defying God's holiness. We're saying no. We're, our, we're the kings of ourselves. No, we are we're enthroned. So, see, if we take God's holiness seriously, we will take sin seriously. Do you agree? If we take God's holiness seriously, we will take sin seriously. And I think it's about time. now I've been talking about this for a long time. It's about time that we take God's holiness seriously. And there was no, really no excuse for the action, Adam and Eve. They already had countless benefits surrounding them. God gave them clear, a clear warning. They told and told them that the consequence of your disobedience will be death. And still, they committed sin. Now, how many times are we going to, you know, tell other pers- uh, other people, no, don't do that, and they still do it? And don't think, uh, if I was there, <laughs> uh, don't think that if you were in their situation, you could have done better, hmm? or you could have acted differently. You are no better. We're no better than them. We're, we're the same. You know, if this didn't happen, it would probably still happen. It would still be them. Right? They will still do that. Verse 7, Then the eyes of both were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sued fig leaves together and made themselves loincloths. So as soon as they ate the fruit, their eyes were opened and they recognized their nakedness. They lost their innocence. To and to, to cover their shame, okay, what they did was to they uh, sewed fig leaves together to make them uh, to make loincloths for themselves to cover their nakedness. Now it's actually man's nature to cover up sins. Hover up for his sins, makes uh, make excuses, and then hide. When you ask your your friend, oh, how about how how are you? I haven't seen you for a while. I'm okay. I'm okay. God is blessing me." Uh, we think that by doing good, by attending prayer meetings, I'm not, But I'm not against prayer meetings, okay, serving in a ministry giving to the poor, praying five times a day, you know, we can remove our sins and make ourselves look good again. No, it won't. Martin Luther said, this, he's the real ML, no? Martin Luther. <laughs> Martin Luther said, Sin is not canceled by man-invented works. For the more a person seeks credit by himself, for himself, By his own efforts, the deeper he goes into death. So the more you cover up your sins, the deeper you will go into death. The deeper you will think, oh, I can do it. But no. So man's prior status was, was this. God made them in his image and likeness. God created them to rule over his creation God commissioned them to be fruitful and multiply and subdue creation. God provided food for them. God placed them in a very good creation. God placed them in a luxurious garden. God gave them permission to eat freely except from one tree. Uh, And as a result of their sin, Adam and Eve, the representative of mankind, They had everything. They had it all. Right? They had it all. And as a result, you know, they lost everything. They lost everything. Sin changed everything. And this is what we we lose because of sin. Because of sin, we lost our connection with God. Because of sin, we lost our right standing with God. Because of sin, we lost our purpose. Now we go our own way. Before we have a connection with God, now we're experiencing separation. Right standing, No. now we are the children of wrath, just like what Ephesians said. We lost our provision. Now we sweat for our existence. Uh, we, uh, we lost our confidence, we now experience shame. We lost our connection with others and now experience alienation and broken relationships. And we also lost our awareness of how terrible sin is. Man, you know, when you, when you look at man now, I remember there was a song by Jay-Z and... Uh, Beyonce. And the lyrics goes like this. All I need for my life of sin or for this life of sin is me and my girlfriend. All I need in this life of sin is me and my girlfriend. I mean, you know what they're doing, right? We have uh, lost the awareness of how terrible sin is. And we're just, You know, justifying. Ah, that's okay. Everyone is doing it. I mean, my pastor doesn't know it. My life group doesn't know it. My parents don't see it. You know, even if your parents don't see it, God can. No? So the consequences of sin are nothing but severe. In committing sin, man gave up, man gave up what only could be found in God, they gave up something precious in exchange for something cheap. They gave up life in exchange for for death. Now, in uh, in the words of Bishop Gilbert Foliente, it was a lopsided. Now, it was lopsided trade. Lopsided trade. They gave up this. Sorry. So uh, you know you can forget everything that I've said, but this is our main fo- main point for today. Sin cost man to lose what could only be found in God. Let me say that again: sin cost man to lose what could only be found in God. What could o- what can be found in God? Life. And you know that's a really bad news, right? That's <laughs> a really bad news. They they had everything and then they lost it. Because of sin. Right? Is it? I mean, no one is smiling here now because of that bad, uh, bad news, right? But you know, the one thing that was not lost, okay? The one thing that was not lost because of sin was God's pursuit of fallen humanity. He never lost his desire, you know, to pursue us. Do you notice when God came, he asked, where are you? It's not asking that he doesn't know. He's, he's looking for them. He's telling them, you know, you, you can come to me. No, the fall is not the end of the story. And in Genesis chapter 3 verse 21, if you, if you read that, it says here, And the Lord God made for Adam and for his wife garments of skin and clothed them. no. God clothed them by making garments of skin created from a dead animal. That's dead animal. That means he uh, executed or he killed a, an animal. So blood was shed to cover for their sins. And it was God showing them from the beginning what he would do. So that everything that was lost will be restored. Uh, it is, this is God telling mankind, okay, I am just... I am, uh, you know, I have justice. That's part of my holiness. But I am also merciful. And I will also allow you to experience my grace. And he did that by what? By giving his son. Jesus Christ to take the ultimate punishment in our place so that in him, everything that was lost, our connection, you know, our relationship, They can be restored. In Him, our connection to God is restored, right? In Jesus Christ, our right standing with Him is restored. Our purpose is restored. Thank God. We now have purpose again, right? Our provision is restored. Aren't you grateful you have provision because of Jesus Christ? Our confidence before Him is restored. Our relationship is restored because of Jesus Christ you know it's christ's death for our life that's the great exchange it's christ's death before i mean for our life and because of jesus our holiness is restored second corinthians chapter 5 verse 21 says for our sake he made him who knew no sin to be sin so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Aren't you grateful that God's mercy triumphed over His judgment? Are you grateful for that? I mean, if you are grateful, God did not execute you as soon as you committed that sin. Just imagine, if God will just ex, uh, will just be justice or judge. And he will not be merciful and gracious. That as soon as you committed that sin, bam, na, you're dead. But he didn't. He is gracious and merciful. That instead of destroying us, what he did, he redeemed us. He redeemed us. That instead of drawing us to be on our own, just draw us away to be on our own, What he did was he set apart, set us apart to be his. And instead of leaving us with nothing, he gave us his everything, his son. So while the ushers are uh, distributing, we're going to be having our communion today. Can I ask everyone to please stand? You know, the holiness of God and His call for us to be holy, you know, it should produce in us humility and awe, right? It should produce in us humility and awe that we are just creatures. We are but creatures. You know, we, we don't get to dictate what should, what should and what will happen to our lives. It's God's call, not ours. No? should reduce us now, the more we see god bigger the more we should see ourselves smaller because he is holy he, we're not like him he's not like us and it should bring us to our knees and make us realize that god you know again is he's is infinitely big and we're small and it's supposed to. Thank you. It's supposed to produce also in us a heart for the lost. You guys remember um, Isaiah? When he looked up, he saw God. And as soon as he saw God's holiness, when he looked up, what's his response? He looked inside. He looked in. He saw himself. What? Sinful. But as soon as he received the redemption, the forgiveness, what happened? He looked out. God asked him, who shall go before us? He looked out. Isaiah saw there are also other people, just like him, who need the forgiveness. Who don't know what God's holiness is and who will have one day be judged and will be in terrible, no trouble if they don't know who Jesus is. So it should suppose you know produce in us a heart of humility and also purpose and a passion for the other people uh, for other people. If we're ready. In uh, First Corinthians, can you? In 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse twenty-three to 26, it says here, For I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the night when he was betrayed took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. It was broken for you because of your sin. It's me who took the punishment. That's what he said. Do this in remembrance of me. Next verse. In the same way, also, he took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. You know, the, the blood of God, the Jesus, was shed. It was for our forgiveness. Only through the forgiveness. Only through the shedding of blood there will be forgiveness. That's what the Bible says. Uh, And thank goodness. Thank God. Thank God it was not our blood. It was supposed to be our blood. It was supposed to be our life. But because He is merciful and He is gracious, He said, yes, I'm going to punish sin, but it's not on you. It's going to be on mine. me going there. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until He comes. We're gonna do this. We're gonna uh, remind ourselves, Lord, thank you very much for for your love for us. You are holy and thank you, Lord, for you are making us also holy. Lord, we thank you. So grateful, Lord God, for for this time, Lord God. Um, what else can we offer, Lord God? You've given us everything, your, your Son. And uh, thank you for the reminder, Lord God, this communion, Lord, that, that you have never left us alone for ourselves. You've given us the most precious thing, most precious. Person in the world, and that's you. Lord, we pray that um, we will not fall for the uh, the trap of the enemies, but we'll be wise, Lord God. It's like your 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 word says, we will be innocent of evil, but we will be wise, Lord God, for good. Lord, as we take the bread and cup, Lord God, may we remember always, Lord God, what you have done for us on the cross. Let's take the bread. And the cup. Father, we... Let's close in prayer. Father, we thank you for enabling us to... to share in the inheritance that belongs to your people through the sacrifice of our Lord Jesus Christ. You have rescued us, Lord God, from... The kingdom of darkness, and transferred us into the kingdom of Your Son, who purchased our freedom and forgave our sins. Lord, we as a church remember, and we offer, Lord God, to You, just like what Your what Your Word says, to You our bodies as living sacrifices, holy and acceptable, and even the parts of our bodies, Lord God, as instruments for righteousness. We ask, Lord God. That we conform, that you conform us to your likeness and holiness, in Jesus' name, Amen. Before you go, uh, I want to bless you for the benediction. May grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. His divine power has granted us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. God bless you.